thanks for joining me. Yeah, I know. I'm awesome. <laughs> All right. We're off to a flying start. Uh, have you ever listened to the podcast before? Uh, yeah. How many episodes? It was like half of one. Half of one. We're off to a flying start. <laughs> half of one, and here she is. Uh, what made you want to be on it? Um, Just the sharing ideas and thoughts, you know. Okay. What kind of thoughts and ideas would you like to bring up today? Um, there's always mental health, uh, the way that a teacher views a student, and how a student should view a teacher. Okay. So let's start with that first one. Um, mental health, I think, is very important, especially this week. So what are some of the thoughts that you have on mental health? I feel like it's something that we do talk about a lot, but maybe not enough. Because it, people talk about it overall, but it's not personal to each person. So somebody might not feel like they have, you know, the time or the person to talk to about their mental health. So making someone comfortable enough to be able to open up their mind to someone else. And do you think that that has to do with the fact that we have, let's say, 600 kids in the school and only two school counselors? Yeah, that could be it. Do you think many of the students feel uncomfortable opening up to teachers? Like, do you think that that's part of an issue or how, where, like, with the mental health thing and having people to speak to and open up to, like, can you expand on that a little bit? I know a lot of students that whenever they speak about counselors and stuff like that, they always think of them as just people that are there, not someone to depend on, you know, mm. even though they should be someone you can depend on. And they talk about teachers like as if they're not really people, you know, they're just robots doing their job, Yeah. even though teachers haven't gone through things themselves and teachers are someone you can depend on. It's funny you say that. So when I was growing up, I worked at McDonald's when I was in high school and my science teacher used to come into McDonald's and he would get like a fry and a Coke and he would get his papers graded in like the back corner. And I was like, he has a, a life outside of being my science teacher? Like, what are you talking about? So I think it's true that some kids do look at us as just being robots who show up to work every day. And I mean, I think that you can kind of, I get a sense that you understand this, but your teachers really do care like a lot. And I think that sometimes, I think a kid's relationship with school determines how they look at their teacher. So if a kid is very anti-school, they're going to be like, this teacher sucks. She just wants to give me work. Kids that are more open to school and want to learn and like being here take a different relationship with their teacher, I think, you know, but I, you know, I hear you. It's really tough. And I know I try to be attentive, you know, and I really want all of the kids in here to feel like I have someone I can talk to. And I know that at the same time, it's not always easy for a kid to tr come to a teacher and tell them about like their personal issues, you know, but we care and we want everybody to be safe and okay and healthy and feel loved and so what's the solution the solution um i don't know somehow build up a more personal approach to each person something that they can actually feel like they're seen or they're being talked to like i know the way that you communicate with us is through making fun of us you know it's <laughs> <laughs> gonna get you... misinterpreted somehow like you always take the time to point out one of us, you know, talk to us, always make us know that we're known or that we're seen. So I feel like other teachers should take a approach to build up a relationship with their student. Cause you know, just standing in front of a classroom and talking about stuff and then just listening, that's not gonna build a relationship, not a healthy one and not one where they can feel like they can depend on you. Yeah. So something that is more of a friend. Yeah, I know that for me, I look at it as if I'm gonna show up every day, 
I want to enjoy what I do, you know? And so a lot of that comes into play for me. And I'm sure sometimes I say things and you kids walk out of class and go, is he really a teacher? Like, are you sure that he's not just somebody pretending to be a teacher? But I want you to have fun. I want to have fun. And so that's kind of how I run it. But the other thing too is like, I hear you and I agree with you. Like we should all make sure that we're making connections with our students and being seen. But we also have to do it in an authentic way. So you said, you know, I pick on people, which is what I do. It works and I comes from a place of love and, you know, but I think everybody sometimes struggles to express themselves a certain way, you know? So, all right. So we said mental health. What's another topic that you said? I think it's the way teachers view students. Okay. The way teachers view students. And then what was the third one? Teachers view students. Students view teachers. All right, so how do you think teachers view students? This is a good segue from your mental health topic. Okay, so for me as a student, um, I feel like teachers view us as if we were like their kids, you know, as if they want to take care of us and they want the best for us. But then sometimes when a student looks at a teacher, it's hard to think that they understand what we're going through, what's happening with us. Yeah, I agree with that. When I was growing up, and I would do something that my mom or dad didn't really like. My mom would go, I was your age once. So is that the kind of thing oh God, we're talking about? So right? icky. But I think one thing, I don't know if it's because, you know, I mean, I am 20 years older than you, but I don't feel old, you know? And I think that I can understand things that your group of teenagers are going through that I never had to go through and recognizing that and looking at how that could affect and impact you as a person. I think a really good example of that is when I was in school, we had bullying. People got bullied. But if you were gonna bully somebody, you had to do it verbally. And people knew who it was. There was a face to it, you know? Your group of people, your generation, you can bully behind a screen with like what they call burner accounts where nobody can really trace it back to who it is. And so then these things get screenshot and spread and passed around. And it's like, you have complications that you deal with that your teachers did never had to deal with, you know? I think that being an adult and understanding what you're going through is really important. I think perspective is important too. I think that you kids have a lot to teach us as teachers from a social standpoint sometimes, just like we teach you certain aspects of being adult and growing up and things like that and going back to the thing that you had said before about like picking on the kids and all that but like part of my approach to teaching and my relationship with students in the class has to do with making sure that i'm also showing you appropriate adult behavior and how to handle a job and how to talk to people and how you know what i'm saying and at the same time, you kids teach me what's cool and trendy and how to fit in and how to make jokes and how to be funny. And so, like, we, we all kind of balance off of each other, you know. Um, and this idea of how teachers view students and students view teachers, I think that it is really important because, you know, I think we're talking about perspective, you know. And it's easy for each of us to forget that there is a life outside of these four walls, you know. As a teacher, if I have a kid who says he didn't get his homework done because he had ABC going on, is it frustrating? Of course it is, because in my head, it's like, you should've got your work done, you should've got your work done, you know? But then by the same token, life happens. Life happens for me, life happens for you. You gotta be understanding, you know? And as long as it gets done at some point, the learning is more important than when it gets 
understood. All right, so tell us a little bit about you. Who is mm-hmm. Amelie? Okay, well, I feel like I am a person with a lot of goals. I feel intelligent and I wanna become smarter. Like it's something that like it's something that I've always wanted. I always expand my knowledge in science and math and English and all that good stuff. It's things that I focus on. So I, academically or on books, I want to be with, like better, you know? I want to have more than a 4.0. I want to have a high IQ. I want to be someone who's successful in life, and I want to be successful off of what my brain can do. Is that something that you've always had, that drive and passion for learning? Mm-hmm. Where does that come from? My dad. Oh, tell me about your dad. My dad, he's a theologist, so he, like... He studies. He goes deep into um, the history of like um, Israel and all this stuff behind like the Bible and stuff like that. So he has a drive for this. And I saw how smart my dad is and how he can depend off of his knowledge and it helps him get somewhere. And I want to be able to do the same thing, but get to a better place, you know? So he can reach the sky, but I want to go to space. Above and beyond. Yeah. Now with that knowledge and whatnot, what do you want for a career? You know what you want to do? Um, I've been thinking about like science and like engineering, chemical engineering, or biology, or studying marine animals. And so I'm guessing your science classes are your favorite classes. No. What? No. How? How is that possible? I like science. Like science is awesome, and math is awesome. But I think the classes that I would enjoy the most is always English and music. English and music. Do you play an instrument? Yeah. What do you play? I play the saxophone. Ooh, how long have you been playing the saxophone? Um, since fourth grade, so like five years. Yeah. yeah. I forget that for you kids, fourth grade was only five years ago, and for me it was like 25 years ago. <laughs> do you play like just practicing music, or do you make music, or what? Um, the thought of creating something is pretty cool, but mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think I can do it. Okay. Science, future career, really, really knowledge-based, driven type of thing. Do you know where you want to go to school? I've been thinking Ann Arbor, Michigan, but I want to look more into programs and stuff like that. So maybe I would go to a place that is better for a specific program that I think I want to join. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Where did your dad go? Do you know? Um, My dad used to live in Dominican Republic. Oh, really? Yeah. So college, I have no clue. How long has he been in the United States? He came in like 2012, I think. What year were you born? I was born in 2007. Were you born in the Dominican Republic? I was born in New York. You were so born in New York. What happened is my mom went. My mom came here when she was pregnant with my older sister, who is like now sixteen, and then she went back and got pregnant again and came back to the United States and then gave birth to me in New York, and then we moved over here like 2014, 2013. So yeah. That's pretty wild. Yeah. Do you want now that you're like growing up and would be? I'm guessing you don't remember before living in Michigan because you were so young? I remember bits and pieces of New York. Nothing of Dominican Republic, but... Are New York and the Dominican Republic places you'd like to visit as you get older and... Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Which one would you go to first? Um, Probably New York because it's closer. It's yeah. easier to get to. Yeah. You can go to New York in the summer and Dominican Republic in the winter so that you always <laughs> got nice weather and you're not dealing with snow and some of the crap we have here. Yeah. So I'm guessing your family is really important to you. Oh, yeah, for sure. And how many siblings did you say you have? Well, I have three older sisters here in Michigan, and then I have another one in Dominican Republic, which is like a half-sister. And they're all older? Yeah, all older. You're close to all of them? Oh, uh, yeah. How has 
like how has your family impacted your personality do you think like what do you think you take from your mom or your dad or your sisters that like you that you see in yourself um whenever i see my dad i see knowledge so from him i feel like i take a piece of that you know a piece of his knowledge for my mom i see grace because she's like very she's a very delicate woman she's very into like decorating and she's like ah ladylike you know so I don't know if I'm very delicate, but I do see... <laughs> I don't think you're delicate, but that's yeah. not a bad thing. I do see grace in the things that I do. Like, whenever I do something, I do it with the best part of me. So that's what I think I get from my mom. And then from my sister that's 16, uh, she's strength to me because she's always keep she keeps pushing, even though she goes through things that can take a toll on her. She never really stops doing what she wants to do. So I try to keep that same mindset. And then my other sister, I see her as my mom as well. So that's, again, Grace. And then my oldest sister is also strength because she doesn't give up, even though she has, like, I don't know, three kids now. And her husband's always working. So it's her working by herself, you know, doing her best she can and working and three kids. She's a very strong person. So for every member of the family you had just listed, you gave one adjective to describe them. If they were in here, what would be the one adjective they would use to describe you? Oh, I don't know. I mean, around them, I try my best. You know, around everybody, I really try my best to be the happiest person I can be. I get that. Yeah. yeah. Around everyone, I want to be the light of their day, you yeah. know, try to get their mood up. So maybe like joy or laughter. I like that. I see that. You seem like somebody who has a lot of passion and a lot of compassion. So what I mean by that is, you seem like somebody who works really, really hard, puts a lot of work into the things that you care about, which is the passion part of it. But there also seems to be something about you where you wanna make the best of a circumstance. That's kind of what I see from you, sitting where you sit, and how you interact with the people around you. So I think that you know, if somebody next to you was in need of help, I think that you would be willing to lend a hand and help them. And, I think that there's a compassionate piece to you. So I think that, you know, that's how I would describe you as either passionate or compassionate. Let's go with, tell me one fun fact about you. One fun fact about me. A fun fact. Uh, what are some of your hobbies? Uh, besides playing my instrument, mm-hmm. I have gotten into reading more, mm-hmm. as you know. Oh, yeah. And what do I do in my free time? I also want to go into theology like my dad. Do you? Yeah. So, like, it's not, like, a main focus, but it's something that I do want to study because, you know, I want to be able to bond with my father Mm -hmm. over the things that he does know. Mm -hmm. And I feel like whenever I ask him about theology, he feels, like, happy, you know, feels Mm -hmm. at home, you know, knowing that someone he is around understands what he's trying to learn. So studying theology is pretty cool. I skateboard. Oh, do you? Yeah. How long have you been skateboarding? <laughs> like two years, but I'm trash. I cannot do anything. <laughs> I can barely move. I tried to learn how to do an ollie, but I almost killed myself. So I kind of stopped there. Do you I do a lot move. of skateboarding on your own, or is that like a social thing for you? Um, I do it with one of my friends. But if I ever get the chance, I just like go around the park on my skateboard by myself. Do you feel like skateboarding... Do you feel like, because I feel like when I was growing up, skateboarders had a very specific culture about them. Do you feel like it's still like that? Yeah. Like, 
there's this weird obsession with skater boys, you know? Like, they have to dress a specific way. Long hair, a beanie, yeah. ripped pants, like, these ugly busted shoes. <laughs> so, that's, like, the air around it. But people who skateboard, like, you could look at somebody, and they could look like you, and then they skateboard. Like, huh? Yeah. So, it, it still has, it's, like, um, it's stereotypes, but not everything falls under it. Yeah. How did you get into it? My friend. She was skateboarding. She gave me her skateboard. She's like, you want to try it? I was like, okay, sure. And I started to really like it. It was like really fun. So I was like begging my mom to get me a skateboard for my birthday. And then she got me one. So. Have you gotten a lot of injuries? Oh, yeah. It hurts, <laughs> bro. Oh, yeah. Do you wear like padding and helmets or no? No. Oh, God. <laughs> Only does it for two years. Gets lots of injuries. Doesn't buckle up. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I've also broken my leg on a bike. Oh. Yes. Very fun experience. It was at a birthday party. Oh. And we were biking around, and the bike was way bigger than me. I was 10, and I got on the bike, and the bike was, like, old and damaged. Probably the worst thing I would have done. And then um, my cousin, he was like, oh, we should bike around the block. I was like, okay, let's bike around the block. And so when I was turning the corner... I went to turn, and I turned uh, the steering a little bit too far, mm -hmm. and I fell over, and the the metal bars on the bike that hold it together from the back wheel to the front yeah. wheel, it fell on my leg, and the metal just, like, broke my leg into yeah. two pieces. Like, not completely, yeah. but, like, a knife to yeah. bread, just, oh, yeah. Oh, that's gross. That is so gross. And they told me to walk it off. I was struggling. Did you the party? Um, yeah, they were like, no, you're fine. It's probably just a little bump, you know? It's something small. You're breaking your leg. You're walking off. Yeah, <laughs> okay. See ya. Flip it off. Okay. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. What kind of music do you like? Lately, it's been more rap, but usually it's R&B and alternative. Some pop. Who are some alternative artists you like? Let's see if I know any of them. I don't know. I feel like Daniel Caesar, he falls under both of them. So I listen to Daniel Caesar. There's always Billie Eilish. There's Conan Gray. Even though I think he'd be more pop. I don't know. And then, um, hmm, who else? There's another one, but I can't put my finger on it. There's Bruno Major. And I think you know Bruno Major. Bruno Major? Yeah. I know Bruno Mars. No. Anyways, there's also another Mars. I forgot what it was. Ah, but he's pop. And... When you're skateboarding, do you have headphones in? Do you listen to music while you're skateboarding? Mm -hmm. Yeah. There used to be a skateboarding video game that I played, Tony Hawk Pro Skater. <laughs> and there was, like, these sweet soundtracks that would be on there. Like, I don't know. There would be, like, some songs that come on the radio. And it's kind of like, you know, you hear a TikTok song before you kind of hear it on the radio nowadays. It would be that kind of thing where I would hear the song from the Tony Hawk video game. And then I'd play it on the radio, like... Oh, that's the song from the game. The same way that you guys were like, oh, that's a TikTok song. Like, it was the same kind of thing, only it was video games instead of social media. Speaking of, we were talking about, like, caring and mental health and stuff like that. How do you think that social media impacts teenagers' mental health? If, that's a loaded question. Yeah. <laughs> if a student... Because social media is divided into, into, like, parts, you know? Like, in TikTok, there's, like... It's like there's like swift talk and all the good stuff. Like it's divided into different areas. So everybody is divided into their own personality. And I feel like people who view mental health as like, you know, a little icky, 
it's going to bring up that icky stuff, you yeah. know? It's not going to help them expand. But if someone is open to hearing about other people's mental health and how to expand on it, they could grow off of it. So it depends on how the person or what the person is into. Yeah, I agree with you that mental health is so important and it's such an important topic these days. And I feel like stress and anxiety are experienced more frequently and much more common and i do agree that it's something that needs to be addressed i wish that i had all of the answers but it's, i agree with you you know being stressed out is something that i can personally say that i experience much more frequently than i was when i was younger i guess i don't know it's just weird in social media everybody feels like they have a voice where they can voice their opinion even though sometimes it's better to just keep quiet and listen, you know? All right. Uh, let's see. If you could leave us with any one piece of advice, what is a piece of advice you would give us? What's a piece of advice you want to give out to people? Anything, about anything. Anything. Never care about how other people see you, but always care about what is going on through someone else's mind. Maybe not towards you, but towards a whole situation sometimes somebody needs positive help and sometimes the only way you can see that is by trying to understand what they're going through so put yourself in other people's perspective type of thing do you think that we as a group of people have gotten away from that a little bit oh yeah <laughs> you didn't sure. hesitate you said oh yeah <laughs> yeah i agree and i think that it's a really good life lesson later this year we're going to read to kill a mockingbird and that's pretty much the entire theme of the kill a mockingbird so I think that you'll you'll enjoy that. Anything else you want to leave us with? Mm -hmm. All right. Well, thanks for joining the podcast. It was fun talking with you. Yeah. We'll have to do this again sometime. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. All right. Thank you, Melanie. <laughs> All right.